Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Continuing coverage of the 2024 NFL Combine, live from Indianapolis on Steelers Nation Radio. Brought to you in part by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. By Schneider Downs, discover the value of big thinking with a personal focus at SchneiderDowns.com. By ST Bank, proudly serving our community since 1902. STBank.com by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC. And by Iron Workers Local Union Number 3. They don't go to the office, they build it. Welcome back to the Indiana Convention Center, site of the 2024 NFL Combine as we continue our wall-to-wall coverage here on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steeler Nation Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Steeler Radio Network, joined by Dale Lawley of Steeler Nation Radio and the Steeler uh, Radio Network, and of course, former Steeler Tackle and the the, uh, sideline reporter for the Steeler Radio Network, Max Starks. Max Good afternoon, Dale, and good to see you. Good again. day. Good I, day, gentlemen. I see Dale a little more than I get to see you, sadly to say. Yeah, no, it's usually only by voice and then also, <laughs> you know, the ra- the random postcard from a golf course. That's yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, th- those, those shorts you're wearing, they work today, but it's supposed to get chilly here uh, overnight. Yeah. 40 degree difference, a little nippy in the air. Tomorrow. Yeah, th- thank goodness for sky walkways. You got that you right. Know, you, the sky you, beautiful things. You guys get to walk inside. I unfortunately have to walk all the way from the parking lot to the convention center, which is pretty simple in itself. Um, uh, how many years now have you been coming here? This will be my fourth year. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's my fourth year coming back, three consecutive. And then a, the previous time I was in 18, I was actually an O line captain for the combine class. Yeah, so, but you also came for the combine. No and then I was a combine participant right. way back in yesteryear 04. of 2004. Right. Unfortunately, unlike Moats, who was just on, I was able to use his combine photo on his credentials. We didn't have your combine photo. Yeah, no, nobody nobody should have that. I think it was on a Polaroid that was that was also stapled to a sheet of paper. <laughs> wow, how did you find Moats' uh, combine photo? Uh, I was just searching. I, I needed a photo of because I was doing our credentialing for, for the show, and, and – uh, I'm like, I don't have a headshot of Moats. So I just Googled Arthur Moats and headshots, and I'm like, that's the one I'm going to use. <laughs> it's like when he walks in, they go, who, who are you? Who is this? Are you sure you're not impersonating somebody? He looks that- remarkably the same. Yeah. That's yeah. a little thicker. That's about yeah, it. That's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, how many combines for you? Do you have you oh, counted? Oh, man, I don't even know. I, it, I would say from probably around 2010. Time in there. Yeah, I think I started coming somewhere around uh, Mike Tomlin's tenure. I might have missed a year in there, uh, I think, is the way. Because, you know, I've told this story before. When I first started coming, 
there were two broadcast tables outside the hallway in Lucas Oil where everything was being held. And then when we started doing it on what was then, you know, ESPN radio, um, we were like the sixth station. And now, of course, look at it. It's yeah. like a Super Bowl radio. And we were road. actually in right. the stadium. In, in Lucas Oil. The first few years yeah. we did this. And so, uh, you know, that was many years ago. So I think if Mike Tallman, if this is year 17, I might have missed one, I think. Uh, so that's what I'm looking I at. I just remember when, when we sat on Radio Row, where if you want to call it that, there were like six stations there. And all the players, they would walk them past us. Right. So you got to see all the players, unlike now, where you, you know, you, well, no, you was, might see them, you might not if you're on Radio Row. Yeah. Back then, every player came, they, they would walk them right, right through the uh, area. And every coach and GM had to walk by the table, right. too. So you kind of like flag <laughs> them down when you were looking for a guest, you know, with some of the people uh, that you knew and made it uh, a whole lot easier. But it's just a uh, incredible setup here at the uh, convention center. And, of course, today, uh, kind of officially the first day of the combine will be broadcasting every day through Friday, wall to wall right here on Fox sports, Pittsburgh and Steeler nation radio. Um, Max, uh, anything that you are kind of want to keep your eye on or you were eager to find out here at the combine? Well, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, since we don't get to see the bench press, because that was also another thing. Remember the bench used press to be right used to there, right, here. right there where we could watch it with the stadium and I the know. crowd. So it changes every single year. But I'm really looking forward to seeing how this quarterback class acquits itself because I think, you know, there's a lot of names that we know. But what is the full breadth of the Tier 2 guys? Who's the guy that's going to jump out? That's going to be a hidden gem. I also want to see the wide receivers. I think there's some really good wide receivers that we're looking to add depth. Um, at that position is going to be interesting to see because I think even in day three, there's going to be some great values. Yeah. Um, offensive line, you know. It's a great offensive line class. It's a, it's a deep tackle class. It's funny. You ha you would have your eye on the offensive line. I know, right? You it's know. like you and was like talking to Wolf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you, listen, you got to give the beefy guys uh, some love. They, they, they make up the largest segment of your team. But honestly, know? I think. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. I, I think. You know, five years from now, when you're looking back at this draft, that's going to be, I think, what people value this draft on. Everybody looks at the quarterbacks now. Yeah. Oh, what kind of quarterback draft is it? There's going to be like 12 offensive linemen in the first round this year. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a very heavy amount. I mean, and, and tackles are going to run early yeah. in this. They're, I think they dominate the top 10 more so than the quarterbacks. And then I think cornerback is also another one. Another that's going to be really, really deep in, the, in this year's draft. So I think you see all of that kind of pulled in there and i think that's when the defensive lineman value comes in day two yeah and inside linebacker value comes in day two early day three well you're you're speaking relative to the steelers correct yes that's right yeah just relative so we're to the clear steelers. Right. yeah just so we're clear not for everybody else this is for our consumption right, <laughs> yeah. right. but I, to your point i don't i don't know that there will be an inside linebacker taken in the first round right an off-ball linebacker no. um maybe one or two defensive tackles in the first round which is maybe. rare yeah uh, because, you know, even the guys who are considered those kind of talents, they're not going to fit everybody's scheme because no. they're, they're both like 6'1". Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's yeah. not going to fit everybody. And also, you know, with today's type of offenses that are ran, the 11 personnel, three wide receiver, run running back, how valuable is that squatty body? Yeah. You know, and so it takes a, it takes a special team to really be able to utilize that type of body type like you said, so there's going to be some tremendous value, I feel, for the Steelers in this. And I yeah. think I love the two fourth-round picks. I think that's a very premium type yeah. of spot to be in. Um, and then we'll see whatever happens with compensatories after that. But 
I really like this draft for the Steelers because there's a lot of opportunities for us to hit some major, some major pressure points for our team, especially losing Mason Cole. Um, you, you know, speaking of center and speaking of the uh, bench press, um, who was a guy who injured his shoulder in a bench press? It was your first. It was going to be a first. Billy Turner. Yeah. Billy, right. Yeah. yeah. Billy Turner from Ohio State. <laughs> I was viewing it when it happened. Yeah, you watched him yeah, pop it. Right. And here's the. F- and I went rut row. And my thing was. That was the year I was the O-line captain. Oh, is that right? Of that group. And Billy was one of our combine kids. And I'm in the back with them while they're warming up, you know, because they have, like, this huge, like, work, pre-workout area, bands and all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm like, hey, Billy, you know, I can't really talk to him one-on-one as though I talk to him at the gym because it's like it shows bias and all that other stuff. So I was like, okay. I'm like, Billy, hey, man, hey, man, make sure you hit that 225, you know, do the ramp up, do 135, 185, 225, get five of each just so your blood's flowing. Oh, I'm good. I feel I'm feeling good. I did some push-ups. I'm like, just do the 135, 185, 225. All right. And then I had to then I had to leave the room. And me and Orlando Pace, because we were both the captains that I remember, sitting I remember on the side. Orlando, yeah. And we're standing there, we're watching, and I'm like, this this doesn't look good. I he didn't do the warm-up. And Pace was like, what's he talking about? I said, I told him to do a warm-up. He didn't warm up. He's gonna go out there cold. Like, yeah, he's gonna go out there cold. And darned if right in that fourth or fifth rep, pop! And all she wrote, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, you can take a horse to water. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. It was rough. But yeah, but I mean, guys, I mean, that's that, you know, that's one of the things. And this whole thing is a pressure cooker, right? This is the ultimate stress test to see how you deal with lack of sleep, how you deal with a tight schedule, people telling you to hurry up and wait, do this, don't do that. And you just have to kind of be amenable and understand that you're embracing the suck that comes in with this. And just deal with it. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, like guys leaving early because they had some situation. Remember that last year with Jalen Carter and guys having issues that come up around this time and guys can't handle the pressure. But I'm like, do you know that could have acquitted you even better if you can go stand in the face of it and just deal with it? Right. I mean, just like when we don't have GMs and coaches that get up on the podium, it's like, dude, this is part of your job. Like it sucks. Trust me, it sucks. Do we want to have to? But that's a part of the job. You sign up for the job, you do it. So this is a great time to really see how guys handle that pressure because it, I mean, it's not supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be a memorable experience. It's supposed to incite PTSD, (laughs) (laughs) but create the regimented mind that's going to take to succeed in this league. Well, Max, you now have agencies telling their players not to work out here. You have some other, the top prospects rarely work out here. Um, are they losing out on something? Are they missing out on something? I think you're losing some character training because I think because that's really what this is about, right? It's right. about showing grit, resiliency, overcoming obstacles. Like you're supposed to be able to do that under these environments. It's different if I'm saying, "Hey, I'm going through everything, and I don't want to run my forty here, right? Because yeah. I don't like my forty time." Cool, fine, but to completely devoid yourself of everything but interviews i feel like you're doing the athlete a disservice and i feel like that translates then later into their career how to push through the adversity and how to actually be be that guy that guys can depend on right because this is a moment if you're folding at this and this is the underwear olympics like what are you gonna do when pads are on and it's fourth quarter you gotta have it drive i need to be able to look to my right and trust you yeah, you're going to be put in uncomfortable situations. Yes, you're going to be put in uncomfortable <laughs> situations. From this day forward, yeah. there's never comfort until the offseason. <laughs> and, and yet we see teams kind of ignore that sometimes and draft on measurables and those other things. And, and resumes. Up, right, yeah. exactly. And it comes back to bite them in a dopa. Yeah, and, and we can name countless teams 
where it's like, and they don't learn. They don't, even if you switch out the GM, you switch out the coaches, but if the, co- if the scouting staff stays the same, you're not really helping yourselves. And if you had a bad a coach, a bad scouting staff before, you're only just simply, simply moving it over onto it under a different rug at that point. So it is really interesting, but you know, God bless them because it allows other good or franchises to get great players. You know, the advent of the, of the pro days and have become almost more important. Uh, I'll use the Steelers and Mike Tomlin as an example. How many pro days does he go to where he goes out to dinner with these guys here, you get to interview them. And let's face it, most of the guys will tell you that's the most important part of the combine, those interviews, those testing sessions. But during the pro days, you actually get to spend more time, more intimate time with them. Uh, and, and so I don't want to say that has devalued the combine because that's not the case. But the pro days become, have become just as important. Yeah, pro days pro days are very important, um, but it's also a very elaborate smokescreen as well. <laughs> sure. Because it's all, also when you spend time with that guy, it, it could be just we're just trying to throw you off the scent or trying to get you to say, hey, we're interested in this guy. Maybe you want to talk to us when it comes draft time for something of a switch or a swap. And, you know, it's a lot of bait and switch with that, because I'll tell you from my personal experience, I thought I was going to be a Philadelphia Eagle because I met with them at senior bowl. I met with them at combine. I met with them at pro day. They, they, they sent Juan Castillo was their old line coach at the time. They sent him down private workout at the school, went to dinner with him, flew me up to Philly, <laughs> met with Andy Reid, Juan Castillo, whole visit around the city of Philly. Can't wait for you to you get here. You didn't go to dinner with Andy Reid, did you? Yeah, Andy was at dinner. I hear Andy tried. Did he try and steal your nuggies? He did not try and steal my nuggies. No, they had plenty of nuggies that's on the table. That's a great commercial. That's, that's the best. You see those fat fingers yeah, yeah, walking yeah, yeah. up. <laughs> but he, he's the perfect guy for, like, commercials. Oh, let's, absolutely. Let's I mean, he resonates with, like, all of America right. and a Tommy Bahama shirt on, too. Yeah. Right. But uh, but but so I thought I was a Philadelphia Eagle. You couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be a Philadelphia Eagle. And then come draft day, boom, they move up five spaces. And, and you thought Sean it was Andrews. and you thought it was you. I thought it was me. I was ready. I'm sitting there in front of the TV. I'm excited. And then Sean Andrews. And then I'm like, all right, cool beans. But luckily, the first three rounds were the first day. So I technically went day one. I can tell my kids that. <laughs> I went. Yeah, 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 I was went a day, day one draft guy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So well, you thought you might go in the first round to them? Yeah, because huh? that was I, what I was, you were led to I believe. Was a top four tackle. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I was still and you lasted to what three right third round yeah, right 75th pick but I was still the fourth tackle taken in that yeah. draft like yeah. that's shows you how I mean the fourth yeah. tackle in this draft will be picked in the first, top 15 yeah exactly <laughs> if and, not higher yeah if not higher so, so once they had their tackle then you're out with the Eagles I was out with the Eagles and then after that I'm like because I because here's a funny thing I met with the Steelers only at combine coach Coward came to my pro day for my weigh-in and I did not see him the rest of my pro day <laughs> that was the only that was the only conversation I had with the Steelers was the one I had here, and that was it. So you had no really strong inclination you might go there. I didn't even know the zip code for the Steelers because they never called me. <laughs> right, no right. kidding. Yeah, the, the area code. You're yeah, talking. I didn't yeah, know right. the area code. I, and, and luckily, my best friend was born in Pittsburgh, and we, I was at his house watching the draft at that point in the evening. And and I'm like four one two. You weren't in Pittsburgh though. No, I wasn't okay. in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I was. I was at home in Orlando, and I'm I'm looking at my Sprint antenna phone. <laughs> right, right. Like, oh my god, what? Four one two. What numbers? He's like, pick that up. That's that's a Pittsburgh area code. Pick it up. Pick that. So I pick it up, and Omar's like, please hold. Coach Coward's making a decision. I'm like, what? You, you called me, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and then and then from there, he's like, all right, Coach Coward wants to talk to you. Coach Coward asked me two simple questions. The first one was, hey, how do you like playing in snow? I said, is there a football out there? I'll play. Right. He's like, all right. And he's like, 
are you tough? I'm like, yeah. All right, congratulations, you're Pittsburgh Steel. That was it. <laughs> okay. What if you had answered no to either one of those questions? They already drafted me. So it didn't matter. <laughs> because my buddies looking. Oh, at they had the already screen. picked you. They had already. Oh picked yeah, it's me, on the screen. Yeah. But I didn't see it because I was at the front door. I was getting ready to walk out and go tie one on at the local bar because I was like, well, guess I'm going day two, guys. Right. Right. Sorry, I had you guys waiting all day watching the TV. <laughs> so I, we were headed out the door. He ran back in, turned the TV on, and he's sitting there like this because he saw it come through the ticker, and I'm on the phone still, not knowing. So it was it was a pretty it was a pretty fun moment. My boy Josh Katzer, love him to death, one of my best friends. But yeah, he he was the one that glad he told me to answer the phone. So to, if this was today's era, there was a good chance you being the fourth tackle. Yeah, they probably they would have had cameras in your house probably. Oh yeah, they would have had cameras in the house. They would have had all thirty two hats waiting to right. see what <laughs> you were going to do. I would have had to ask all these other people to come to my house to fill up the screen and. It would have been awkward. It would have been awkward. But, yeah, that's that's what they do now. You know, they send all these satellites. I mean, the advent of these little cameras that we have even in here. Right, right. It was like, hey, pop this on here, here. Let's show the family. You guys sit here on the couch and go from there. But back then it was like and we invited our 25 guys, and that was it, to New York. And if you weren't part of that 25. The green room. And, yeah, yeah. It's just a phone call. <laughs> and we'll see you the next day. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, that has to be – that has to be – grueling and misery for some of those guys you know when that cameras it's bad enough you got to wait and, and nervous yeah. and you're falling apart as it is now there's a camera on you watching you sweat and grind and everything yeah. else in those situations well i remember in 2018 because i did the third round picks of the draft um that year for the walter payton man of the year and i remember walking in the green room because like the second round guys it was like uh, legends and that stuff. So Rod Woodson had done a pick for the Steelers. And so like, hey, you're going to get you all the third round guys, the Walter Payton guys, we're going to get you to come in midway through the second round. And you're going to and then we'll be ready for you guys to do the third round because they obviously didn't want to let us get back in the green room too soon because it was an open bar. And <laughs> we had a lot of Polynesians back there. Um, and yeah, we, 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 we had fun. But we sat in there and I'm walking. I'm walking in and. Connor Williams is still sitting there. And he was invited because they thought he was going to go in the first round. And he's sitting there and they're going. Through, and I was sitting. I, I felt his pain. I felt right. the anxiety of Absolutely. you're the only one in the room. And it's all these old guys that are like loud and, and drinking in the back, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and having a good time. We're <laughs> celebrating. And this is like the worst moment in this kid's life. And the cameras are on him the entire time because they also brought um, not Shaq Griffin, but his brother. Um, I forgot his brother. So it was Shaq and uh, what was his name? Ah. But anyways, his, so his younger brother was coming back because he had the story, you know, where yeah. he had the hand yeah. missing. So he was coming in because they're like, ah, oh, we're gonna we're gonna probably draft you around this time. So he was gonna come in and walk the stage because it's a feel good story. So he comes in and he's sitting next to Connor. He's happy and Connor is just head in his laps. He's got the same suit on from yesterday because I only brought one suit. Right. And I just I felt for him. And, and in that moment, you can't. There's nothing I can say or do to help him in that moment to be like, hey, it's okay, you know, to give him comfort. Because this kid's having the worst moment of his life, and it's playing out on television. So, yeah, the stress of having cameras on you is just crazy. It's uh, day one of our wall-to-wall coverage from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Uh, Jerry Dulac along with Max Starks and Dale Lawley. Uh, the Steelers have a new offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, uh, formerly with the Tennessee Titans in that capacity. 
past three years. He was the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. When we come back, John Burton, a former uh, television personality in Pittsburgh. He's now in Tennessee. He's going to tell us a little bit about Arthur Smith and his dealings with him. When we come back, you're listening to our wall-to-wall coverage on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steeler Nation Radio from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. This is continuing coverage of the 2024 NFL Combine, live from Indianapolis on Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to the Indiana Convention Center site of the NFL Combine 2024. Jerry Dulac along with Dale Lawley and Max Starks. We're joined now by John Burton. You remember him from when he was a sportscaster for Channel 4 in Pittsburgh. He's been in Nashville now for a dozen years. It's Just unbelievable. Blows my mind. It? I would have guessed six to eight But it, fe- But it feel- when I come to events like this and I see you guys, I see three <laughs> familiar faces that I saw every day. Right. You know what I mean? For over a decade, it feels like I haven't left yet. So always great to be back on the Pittsburgh Airwaves. Steelers Nation Radio brings back a lot of great memories covering Steeler games with you guys and covering this big man right yeah. here. <laughs> Blocking away for sudden, Big he Ben. Looks small next, oh next man, to him. this is still large and in charge. But I remember this guy protecting uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger and those great playoff runs, and some you know, and, and Willie Parker and my man Joey Porter. Uh, that was great hosting his uh, his uh, weekly uh, TV show in 05, the year that uh, they won the Super Bowl. Oh, is that it? Yeah. He did a who that Joey did. Joey did. Yeah, oh, I, I didn't remember. Yeah, no so kidding. here's so the story. Well, quick story behind. He probably that never was, had to worry about saying too much. Well, did you? yeah. <laughs> So he's, you know, he he wanted to follow in, you know, Jerome and Hines' footsteps, right? He wanted to have his own show. So it, it's uh, this local, like, uh, cable access company said, yeah, we'll do it. So, you know, Joey, he tried, he tried to host it by himself. Oh. And he realized, you know what? I need a guy. So I got to thank, I got to thank the other JB, Jerome Bettis. He went to him and said, you should have Burton be your guy. Because, you know, he always had his guy on his show. And I think Hines, Hines did too. So. Um, I got there probably, I don't know, three weeks into the season, and we had a ball because they kept winning, and then they went to the Super Bowl, and it was just he was a big it, hero, was, you know. Yeah. And he, you know, you, you guys know how great he was during that Super Bowl run; yeah. like he was unblockable, right? You know, right. and so the indie game, yeah, yeah, the yeah, indie the game, game right right. And, yeah, the game here, and you know, the the the. the shoestring tackle game with Ben and all that. So well, that was a game we thought he ended it with the sack yep, on right? fourth down. Yeah. And yep. it turns out they almost didn't. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. and then you hear him in the locker room. They shot me in Denver. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> We're sitting there waiting for coach to come out. Did you hear that year? The, the who ride, we ride. Yeah. And they shot me in Denver. <laughs> yeah. oh. I tell you what, just, all I'll say is you want, you want to have a good time, man. You hang out with JP after hours. That's all I have to oh, say. Yeah, I've, I've been to many Talk of to those. me, Max. Talk to I me. Can concur. I can concur. Can't tell stories, but I can concur. Yeah, definitely. But so, it's great to see you guys. Absolutely. It's good to see you as always. Get to see you every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, let's uh, go to the Titans. Were you surprised they moved on from Mike Rabel, former Steeler player? I actually wasn't. I just got the feeling that with the current front office stru- uh, structure, the way it was with Rand Carthon, that he didn't really want to be a part of that. I didn't think he wanted to be a part of that. I didn't. You know, this team is heading into a rebuild. Let's be honest, right? they got a young quarterback that they have to develop. They've got, you know, a roster that they need to turn over. I just didn't get the feeling Vrabel wanted to be there. And if he did, he wanted complete control. And Amy Adams Strunk, the, the Titans owner, wants more collaboration. 
So I was I predicted it on my on my little radio show. I predicted it halfway through the season that Vrabel wouldn't be back. And I think you people, saw uh, a couple of years ago when they when they traded uh, AJ Brown right. uh, on draft day, and you could kind of see his disgust. Yeah. Uh, with the video cameras and he walked out of the that room. Was, that, like, was, that was probably the start of it, yeah. you know, and it just it just things weren't the same since that night. And, you know, they uh, that year they started off seven and three and they lost their last, right, you know, right. they, they lost their last seven games, missed the playoffs. They were six and 11 last year. And, um, you know, I just got the feeling that the organization where they wanted to go and what Vrabel wanted to do if he wanted to stay were two different things. They couldn't come to common ground. So yeah. I am not surprised. I know a lot of people around the league are. I'm not. Yeah, I was, I was, I was a little surprised. I'm more surprised that nobody picked him up. Yeah. I thought he would instantly get a job. I like Mike personally, mm-hmm. and he's done a wonderful job as a head coach. And, man, mm-hmm. I thought that was a slam dunk. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got uh, Bill Belichick, who, oh, by the way, has won six Super Bowls, and Mike Vrabel, who was coach of the year in the in this league two years ago. Uh, you know, the music stopped, and neither one of them could find a chair. That that was very surprising to me as well. well but he, uh, you know, it, it probably in, in Vrabel's case, it might be it might be good for him to take a year off yeah. and just you know kind of reevaluate things and. And, and maybe, you know, take a run at it next year. I'm sure he'll be coveted next year, I would, oh, yeah. I would imagine. And he had right? time left on his deal, Yeah, right? Yeah, so he's 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 hanging out. They're not going to have any red tag days for me. No, no, we're not, we're not going to have to have a dinner for Mike Vrabel, okay? <laughs> no no GoFundMe. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what Don Rickles said. <laughs> yeah. you know, he never got a dinner. One of those comedians, you know, not going to have to have a dinner for Mike Vrabel. So. But I was surprised that he didn't get a job straight away. Wait, I don't, did he even interview anywhere? I think he interviewed with the Chargers and maybe with the Falcons, but you know, yeah, was, I mean, that's about it. He wasn't really sought after or coveted. Most ridiculous thing I heard during the offseason is apparently some front office person, whether it was a GM or whoever, said I think it was Diana Rossini mm-hmm. said to him that Mike Vrabel intimidated yeah. interviewers because he's too big. I thought, <laughs> really? Are you kidding? He's too big. <laughs> too big. Give me a give me a break. It's football. Right. Most of the exactly. guys are. Big- Andy Reid's not real slim. The last time I saw him, different Bill, big, I know. Right. Dan Campbell's big, not a not a little. Yeah, Dan dude. Campbell, six face bigger than Mike Vrabel. Big, strong, mean yeah. men play football. So that's that's kind of what you want as a head coach. Yeah, you hear all kinds of things, man. And uh, but I think this whole situation with, you know, like I said, how he wasn't really down with how the front office was being structured. Like he re- liked Rand Carthon, but didn't feel like he was ready to be an NFL GM. And I I guess he just felt like you know what. I don't know if I can rock with this guy unless I have control of the roster. And it just, you know, like I said, and I give Amy Adams Strunk a lot of credit because, you know, she took a lot of heat for that. The organization took a lot of heat for that. That was a gutsy, gutsy move to say, you know what? Yeah, we have this really good coach, but, you know, we're going to move on. So Brian Callahan's in place now, the former Steelers OC, who you guys are very well familiar with. Um and you know it's kind of a it's kind of a turn the page situation. You got Will Levis that you're going to try to develop. What'd you think of Will? I liked him. Yeah, what the he, game he, I saw in Pittsburgh, and I was not. A, I thought he was Taysom Hill when yep. he drafted him. What I saw in Pittsburgh completely changed my mind. Plus, I'm a Penn Stater, mm-hmm. and so I I knew what he was at Penn State too. Yeah, I you know, I'll be honest with you guys. I didn't think I was going to like Will Levis, and um, maybe part of me didn't want to like him. I um, thought he I thought he was going to come in here like a Baker Mayfield, you know, chip on my shoulder. Uh, banana peels. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the mayonnaise and the coffee. And the coffee. <laughs> and, yeah, I thought he was going to come in, you know, I should have been a first-round pick, and I'm mad at the world, and I'm just going to be this. He's He was great. He handled himself great, and I thought he played pretty well. You know, obviously his first game he threw four touchdown passes, uh, 
at home, I think, uh, against the Falcons and Arthur. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was an eye-opener. And that Monday night game late in the year, you know, they had no business beating the Miami Dolphins. Right, right. You know, the Dolphins had plenty to play for. He leads them on two fourth-quarter drives, two touchdowns to win the game. You know, he's he's got the physical tools, and we'll see what Callahan can do developing him. But I, I liked him. I liked what I saw. I think he's got a, ch- a chance to be the the guy in Tennessee. Um, so you, you've you been around Arthur Smith. Of course, mm-hmm. the Steelers hired him as their offensive coordinator to replace uh, Matt Canada. Um, went to two years. He was with the Titans. Record numbers. Yep. Big year for uh, Derrick Henry and a, a big year for Ryan Tannehill, which people forget about. Ryan Tannehill's best year was his second year with uh, uh, Arthur Smith. I think it was 35 touchdowns, 3,800 yards, seven yep. picks. Ran I mean, for seven touchdowns. Yeah. Yep. So, Should have I mean, made the Pro Bowl that year. He didn't? flourished as well. Tell us a little bit about Arthur. And your yeah, I mean, you know, listen, I know I know a lot, of, a lot of the fans in Pittsburgh are saying, well, you know, he's only good because he had Derrick Henry. I mean, listen. You guys know it's 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 the Jimmys and the Joes more than the X's and the O's. Always. But he got the most out of the talent that he had, right? Yeah. You know, Derrick Henry with the two thousand yards, and Tannehill is, you know, he's a serviceable quarterback. Is he an elite quarterback? No, but at times he played like a top high level quarterback right. under Arthur Smith's system. You mentioned it, thirty eight hundred yards. I think like yeah, like thirty two touchdowns, only seven interceptions. Like, um, you know, he ran he uh, he ran for seven touchdowns, and yeah, Derrick was great, but. And Derek is probably the best running back of his generation, but you know there was balance there because you also had AJ Brown, who was a thousand yard receiver. Right, right. They were averaging thirty points a game. I mean, they were, you know, their defense was terrible that year. Had their defense been just a little bit better, they might have made a run all the way, you know, because that offense was 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 tough to stop until they, they got to the playoffs. They were the so, number one seed. Right, exactly. Yeah. They were the one seed, and you know they, they had home field advantage, and you know. I mean, before Derek got hurt, he probably would have been the first right. guy ever to have back-to-back 2,000-yard right. seasons. He was right. trending that way. So the only flag that comes up, I guess, is the fact that he couldn't do a whole lot with with uh, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta, right? You yeah. know, he didn't seem to really develop and flourish under him. So you wonder how he's going to handle a young quarterback. But, you know, if you see what he's done with that Titans offense when he was there and he was the OC, he, he had that thing humming. And I know that, you know, Matt Canada is a is a is a is a are two dirty words in, in <laughs> Pittsburgh. So I think you're going to see improvement overall from a balanced perspective offensively with Arthur in place. Yeah, I mean it's obviously a, a an adjustment. They want to they want to run the football. Yeah, I mean there's no ifs ands or buts yes. about it. You don't bring in Arthur Smith unless you're going to you know make a commitment to running the football. Right, right, no doubt about it. And listen. You know, is Najee Harris, Derrick Henry? No, is is Jalen Warren? But he's like that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that type of back. He's I'm not going to say he is him, but he's that type of back. He is that type of back, a physical guy, a take the fight to you type of guy, a guy that you know, if you need to, he'll get you three type of guy. And obviously, Derrick, you know, could also take it to the house. The guy had a 99 yard touchdown run and a 94 yard touchdown run. He could throw it too. He could throw it. (laughs) He's thrown a bunch of touchdown passes. So if you have Warren and Harris combined to power that running game, that's going to hopefully set up, you know, the play action because that's what Arthur does, right? He runs the football, sets you up for play action. They're able to hit A.J. Brown with a lot of, you know, over routes, crossing routes, those deep those deep routes down the middle of the field. He's going to make you respect that running game, and, you know, the idea is to get big plays off of that in the passing game via play action. So that's – I'm sure that'll be what he'll try to do in Pittsburgh. So one of the things that, you know, I kind of was postulating about was, you know, when you look at Arthur from Tennessee to the, 
as an OC to the head coach of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Do you think taking some off of his plate as an as a head coach now he can focalize himself and actually be closer to what that is because you're pulled in so many directions. When you try and be the play caller mm-hmm. slash head mm-hmm. coach, like very few guys can do that, right? Even Sean McVay had his struggles right. in L.A. with that. Do you think that's probably a positive saying, hey, let, we, you, you've had the whole plate thrown at you. Mm-hmm. Now let's pull it back. Pick, pick your top hits, right? You yeah. know, don't play the whole album. Just <laughs> right. give me your three songs, <laughs> right? right? And that's what I feel like the responsibility is. Do you think that's something that could possibly help him? Max, I think you nailed it because, you know, you played in this league. You, you know some guys are better coordinators than they are head coaches. I, I'll give you a perfect example growing up as a – you know, New York Giants fan that's still following the team. Look at Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah. He was yeah. not much as a head coach, but right. he, he's going to go down as one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time. Guys won four rings, you know, yeah. one with the Giants, three with the, with, the, with the Chiefs. Some guys are just better in that coordinator role, and I think Arthur is that guy. He's kind of a low-key guy. He's a very focused guy. Um, you know, he wants to just – he's the type of guy that just wants to watch film and, 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 and draw plays up all day. You know, he doesn't necessarily want to do a, you know, five press conferences a week or or anything like that, man. He and he's a self-made guy. You know, this is a guy that, you know, he was a quality control guy in, in with the Titans. He was a tight ends coach for many years and survived like three different coaching regimes. Actually, he's, actually four. And I four, agree yeah. with him. That's what's impressive yeah. about him. All four of those guys kept him and yes. moved him up, which tells you something. Exactly. About him. Starting so, with uh, um, with uh, Munchak. Mike Munchak. That's yeah. right. Then it was Wiz. Then it was Malarkey, and then it was Ray. Exactly. All former Steelers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, for a while, man, Nashville was Pittsburgh South, man. We had Dick LeBeau. We had Malarkey. We had everybody, right. man. We had Nate Washington. That's why we they had... brought you down. That's right. And then they got John Bird. And, 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 and then I came down. So, so yeah, to answer your question, big man, I think, I think definitely the fact that here's your focus. Just work on our offense. Fix our offense. Work with our uh, skilled players. Um, you know, get this offense up and running. I think that's going to benefit Arthur. I think it's going to benefit the Steelers too. Max, I agree with you. I think that's the big thing. You know, when you become the head coach, let's face it, you've got so many other elements on your plate. Mm-hmm. You can't just focus on being the coordinator. The thing that now, got you the job to begin with. Absolutely. What did Bill Parcells say, right? When you're a head coach, there are five things that come across your desk every day that you're not prepared for, and you got to drop everything you're doing to deal with that. You're a coordinator, not so much. So yeah. I think that's going to benefit Arthur. I really do. JB, always good seeing you, my friend. Oh, you guys are the best. Everybody man. in Pittsburgh misses you, especially these uh, guys right here. Well, I had I had some of my best years professionally and personally in the <laughs> yeah. city, a great city, Steel City of Pittsburgh, and the people are still nice to me to this day, and I, I appreciate it. And uh, it's great to talk to you guys as always. Yeah, always all, the, all the actors talk about appearing on Broadway. You appear on Broadway in Nashville, don't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably nightly. Yeah, I'm, well, yeah. I'm, down to, I'm, down to, I'm down to five nights a week now, so there we go. <laughs> I'm getting older. <laughs> aren't, aren't we all? Thanks, man. Good Hey, to, love you guys, man. Good to see you. Thank you so much. Thank best. you. All right, that's John Burton, formerly of Channel 4 in Pittsburgh. He's now in Nashville. And, uh, Helps uh, cover the Titans there in the city. We're going to go to another former Pittsburgher who's in Tennessee. And everybody knows Raymond Foster. He is going to join us next here on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steeler Nation Radio. We are at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. And we'll take a break and come back with more right after this. Live from the 2024 NFL Combine, this is Steelers Nation Radio. 
Welcome back to the Indiana Convention Center. Jerry Dulac along with Max Starks and Dale Lawley. We are broadcasting until 2 p.m. And then we turn it back over to who? Matt Williamson and uh, Max you? stays on for an hour with Matt and I. And then uh, Matt and I finish it off the uh, final hour. Even I can't keep track of the lineup. <laughs> but wall-to-wall today through Friday, we'll it's be here. broadcasting here from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Joining us now, someone who needs no introduction to Pittsburgh, former Steeler guard Ramon Foster, another guy who spends his time now in Nashville, 104.5 The Zone. Yes, And indeed. you've joined the other side of the fence here now. You've gone from player to our side. I have. Which I'm not surprised based on the way you handled yourself <laughs> as a player. Well, all, all my, my, my younger teammates, well, younger than Max, used to be like, Moan's going to be in the media. And I'm like, <laughs> shut up. And here I am, right? You know how players are when they are. Yeah. Media. It's like, can I talk to you or am I talking to the guy that's working right now? I was like, wow. We're, <laughs> we're supposed to be so much better than this. Yeah. <laughs> what, what have you learned? Anything? Uh, has it been uh, eye-opening to you? It has been. It's a competition. Good or bad? Uh, good and some bad. I'll right. be honest with you. I've learned that it's a competition. The same way you get ticked off at your teammates, you get ticked off with people in the media too. Uh, you guys, know, you guys are you've been in it for a while. So the uh, new era of sports media is a little bit different. I think I appreciate the old style where you can't talk about something unless you got some tangible evidence about it. Oh, that doesn't stop them today. I know, I know, and I've I've seen a lot of stuff come through rumors. I'd be like, that is wrong. That's wrong. But <laughs> you throw it in the on the universe on Twitter or social media, and it's real. So that's the only part of the player side where truth can be different from reality sometimes. I mean, from a false narrative. So that's something. And, and today's society, too, and I've actually read studies about this, people don't want to know anything more than the first thing they hear. So if somebody throws out a rumor, they, that's good for me. They don't want to pursue the truth. And I, I can't remember the numbers, but for I'll just throw out a, a, a for example. It's like 68 to 70 percent of the people believe the first thing they hear, and there's a small percentage that want to find out a little bit more. And that's just human nature. This is essentially what Coach Tomlin meetings was with us when he'd yeah. get us up on Wednesdays and say, this guy's the best guy you're ever going to play in the world. And I'd be like, well, let me see his tape first, Coach Tomlin. Don't don't try to scare me like <laughs> yeah. this on a Wednesday, <laughs> scout meeting Wednesday stuff. I used to hate those meetings, but it humbled you, made you believe, all right, this guy's good and respect him. But that was the same thing. Let me watch the tape or let me research it first before I believe it. So did you know the guy next to you would morph into the media? Uh, I knew this with Max, 100%. Yeah, I, this is one of the guys that helped guide me. Him, Charlie, Brian Clark. I mean, the, the guys that came. Willie. Yeah, everybody's Willie, in yeah. that boat. Trey, I think, is doing a pod yeah, now. Most yeah. is in it. Willie. Willie who? Cologne. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Willie Cologne. I thought you had Parker there for a minute. I go, really? What did I get? <laughs> oh, he's fast. I don't know if he's a fast talker. <laughs> But, yeah, no, Max is one of those guys, man, put that business sense saying you that, look, football is going to end at some point in time. Him, Charlie, and Ryan Clark specifically being the older guys and trying to just be more than a – not be more than a football player because the field has to take care of itself before you can come over here and talk crap about guys. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, of course, we see Charlie all the time. And, you know, I always liked Ryan. And, uh, you know, he had to, he was glib. He had the gift to gab. And you know what? And I, I, I love what he does on TV. And I still talk to him from time to time. No doubt about it. And I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Craig Wolfley and, of course, rest his soul, Tunch, Punch, man. Yeah. Those two good. They made it fun. We see them at camp. You're like, you sure you're working? Yeah, <laughs> you, you, absolutely. You, you sure you have a job? You know? So, yeah, that's what that was, man. Yeah. So, um, 
what memories does being at the combine bring back for you? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so what is this two years? How many years you've been here in this role? This is my first time here. I'm here with Titans radio. Yeah. Shout out to crew over there. Mike keeps the voice of the Titans. Um, that nosebleed I caught right before I caught my 40, ran my 40. I'm going to blame that for my slow time. That's when they took me from a tackle to a guard. At 5'5", five, five doesn't mean NFL <laughs> offensive tackle. Uh, but it's it's funny, Mark, the scout. Uh, that, oh, Gorsak. Gorsak. Yes, Gorsak. Yeah, Gorsak. Mark yeah. was up there. And Starts the 40. And there we go. Oh, so in the wintertime, and it started happening later in college. I was in East Tennessee, of course, altitude and stuff like that over there. And I got here in the inside of that stadium, Lucas Oil Stadium, dry air. Yeah. And it cracked the inside. Oh, of no kidding. Oh. So I called a nosebleed uh, per, one person before I was supposed to go up. And I'm like, hey, I, I got a nosebleed. <laughs> oh, and Mark's like, well, you're live. We got to move this thing along. And I'm like, well, uh, if you see me running, I'm running trying to hold my head back and keep blood up. But that right there was I didn't have the greatest uh, combine <laughs> by a stretch, okay? And it – so many nerves. This isn't a this isn't a convention or a combine to tell you how great you are. No. They're trying to compare you to everybody else and find any kind of way they can knock you. And you got to be mentally strong enough, prepared enough, and good enough to make it through this type. The rigors that they are. And the other one was uh, one of those meetings. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. I met I met with all three. Of, I, was all, just, I was just going to ask you about those. Oh my gosh! Hear me out. I go into the meeting and we're sitting like this. This table here is. Coach Tomlin, Omar was in there, Kev's in there, Mr. Rooney, I think, was in there, a bunch of scouts in there. And one of the first questions that Coach Tomlin and asked me, it might have been Kev or Coach Thompson, why did you guys get your coach fired at Tennessee? And I'm like, <laughs> Coach Former had just gotten let go, right. the legendary coach there. And I'm like, well, dang. Like, I didn't fire him. I didn't fire him. Zero decision. And my answer was, man, it was more of them than it was of us. That was that new era of changing over where the, the early high stars played and the ability to kind of grow guys and recruit well and you play them early was on that phase of it. We went five and seven my senior year. And Coach Foreman was let go soon after that. You want to, again, they're not trying to tell you how great you are here. They're trying to break you down and see how they can find your valuation as a pro here. But it's fun. You want to be here, though. So, oh, go ahead, Max. Oh, I was going to say. So, I mean, you know, when you go through that process, I kind of broke this down before, but yeah. you had those formal team interviews in the little suite rooms, and then you go to the train station oh, my. where it's like speed dating. And you're just sitting there, and you don't know who's sitting down. They all you know is you see whatever colors on their shirt, and you assume, and they're asking you the most off the wall. So, questions. so is it is it separate team in a separate team, and then and then a, just a, a mishmash of everybody? Yeah. It's, just like, it's a huge room like this, yeah. round tables, and they assign us a table, yeah. and you just sit there for 20 minutes, and whoever comes right, right. comes. Oh, you know? gotcha. Yeah. So, and it, then it, you can yeah. also be grabbed. Also, so if yeah. somebody want to see you, they come grab you. <laughs> got to go there. This is one of them situations where I, I've been saying as of late, the NFL is like the CIA, Secret Service. Like, they're yeah. just trying to accumulate as much possible information they can <laughs> right. on you to eventually use it against you. Yeah. And my, my advice to kids is be be smart about who you're meeting with, okay? Yeah. Because you might say something to a team that you're an AFC North guy, and they may know what's his profile say in these moments. You Because you devote so much, because you're excited, you're geeked up to be talking to potentially your dream job. 
Yeah. Uh, and I'll never forget, I was breaking down at the time, and I was new with understanding this stuff, safety rotation and dropping it because yeah. I was playing tackle. I knew if the safety was coming down, I had somebody slanting under in their backside, they're dropping and all this type of stuff. And I'm breaking this down. I think Lamas Brown at the time, legendary uh, yeah. player and coach and everything. And I'm breaking this down to him, and I felt like I'm about to start tripping on words. Shut <laughs> Oh, please yeah. right now. Yeah. Slow you don't down. want to say more. too much. Yeah, less yeah. is more. Less is more. <laughs> you should have you should actually just let the blood flow when you're running your 40. Yeah, people would have gone. I remember that day. You were the guy that was bleeding yeah, everywhere. I should have, right? <laughs> I could have created a storyline. That, that's that's exactly. one of those situations. He's tough. Look at look how tough that dude yeah, is. Right. I think well, we barely get in Twitter at that point. That's the only thing. I don't know if I would have been okay. able to go viral on Facebook with the with the grandmas, okay? <laughs> yeah. That so when you when you look at this situation. Do, do do kids call you guys still, and, and or do people send people your way to to ask you guys, you know, for recommendations on how to handle this stuff? I've had a few guys uh, reach out and stuff like that, and I try not to overstep my boundaries with that type of stuff. If I know somebody that knows a player and they want me to have a conversation with them, yeah, I will have that conversation. I'm talking to a young guy right now that's about to go through free agency, just got and I'm like. <laughs> I know you're expecting this big dollar amount, but humble yeah. yourself just a little bit, okay? Just they—they yeah. they never want to give it all to you. No, uh, they never do. And and you—you you may expect you to get twenty a year, and you might get twelve. I mean, and you're just having some real conscious conversation, like you understand that you're still okay to live, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. ain't embarrassing. It's, yeah. it's just the market, right? Yeah. And when I think and the other thing is, because, right, because you, you get those guys that randomly, hey, man, will you go talk to this kid? And, you know, for me, like my little cousin is in the combine this year. Oh, congrats, man. Yeah, so, I, so I'm like, I haven't said a word to him. Yeah. I haven't said anything to and him. And he hasn't asked. And he hasn't asked. So I'm like, you know, that's where it's like family boundaries, right? Like I, I could call my cousin and say, hey, why hasn't why hasn't little cousin called me? Because I tried to talk to him when he made a transition in college for the NIL stuff. and Apparently, my advice was was old man advice. So I'm like, all right, cool. When I see you, I see you. It's all good. But it, it's, it's you never know where to go because, like I said, the, the landscape's changed so much, especially for kids oh. coming out of college today. You just mentioned the NIL yeah. stuff. My yeah. God. Yeah, just- NIL, transfer portal, and, you know, navigating that. You know, I feel antiquated when I'm talking to them about that. And so you never know what the wrong trigger is going to be for these kids today. So I'm like, listen, if you come to me, I'm going to give you the well. But if you don't, I'm not coming and offering and say, hey, come drink over here. I'm going to let them have it. Because we got combine kids every year um, at, at our gym. And the kids that want, I make myself available, show up there during workouts, I'm there watching, give my critiques um, to the trainers. And then if the guy comes and talks to me, cool, we can have a moment. But if you don't ask, it's don't ask, don't tell. I'm not, I'm not offering my advice anymore. And that's kind of how you have to be. Whereas back in the day, I wanted everything. Everybody coming, like you said, touch and wolf. I want to pick their brain right, on the sidelines. Right. I want to know everything. What do you think about this? What? But kids today, they come in ready-made, and they don't really want to hear what you have to say because they're like, hey, old guy, oh, you played here? Or you played this game? <laughs> Wait a second, when was your last year? Oh, I was four years old. Wow. And you, you said you're like, okay, I'm going to go sit down over here. I'm going to go, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go drink some prune juice. Uh, <laughs> eat some fiber one. Yeah, right, 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 right. I'm, I'm newly retired. And, yeah. I, I, of course, being in Tennessee where I cover college sports, so I try to stay yeah. familiar with those dudes and stuff. Um, it is a different world. This NIL is different. Uh, of course, with them winning that lawsuit against the NCAA, it's open season. I'm sure you guys have had that conversation, too. There are a lot of people speaking about the quality 
yeah. of the later rounds because some of these dudes are getting six hundred grand to go back for another year at a different school. Why wouldn't you? That's more yeah. or no, that's close to rookie minimum. I think rookie yeah, seven twenty five. Yeah, seven twenty five. You're making just about if that. they make it. You know, what I'm saying? Yeah. if they make it, right? You know, and, and they're guaranteed. Uh, this it's also. a different world. If anybody is listening to us now, talk to you. No, get familiar as a parent if you're about to be a, a, a parent that's about to have a kid going to college because you deserve something. It's too much money being thrown out. Uh, I just laugh and joke at the NCAA just a little bit because back then they probably caught, they probably could have got us about five hundred dollars a month, easy, easy, and right. we wouldn't have been here. <laughs> we wouldn't have been here. Wouldn't have been here. We told them though, we Max. Told them. Told them. Yeah. I, I went to the NCAA my senior year, pleaded because I was one of the liaisons, yeah. and I said, "Hey, can we just raise the stipend five hundred dollars because it's just to help guys not have to have Get seven by. roommates." Right, I, I can only I only need four. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't. I, I, we yeah. don't need to live in a commune or a hostel. You know, and I, yeah. I want to have cable. Exactly. <laughs> that was, it. That was yep. it. And yeah, now now we're here where kids are driving up in, in Lamborghinis to sign sign Easy. their transfer portal Crazy contract. Crazy world. Crazy world. And yeah. you know, we I mean, you know, we can have that NIL discussion here all day. Uh, and you know, you even look at it from the coach's standpoint. If you're a college coach. You know, what one of their selling points to all the kids is we're going to bring your son in. We're going to develop him. He's going to grow. And you, I mean, you can't, even say, you can't even say that no. anymore. Because no. if they're three, they got three schools in four years or four schools in five years with some of these kids. It's, yeah. it, the, the part that gets me is um, you see players go to the rival team. Ooh. Yeah. That's where the transfers in conference are the yeah, ones that really. You know like, what I'm saying? Like you, 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 we play this team every day, every year at this date. You're yeah, going yeah. to that team, and it happens vice versa and all that type of stuff. But um, it probably it, this sounds like old man talking when I say this, but yeah. this probably is the jersey swap culture that we've gotten into a little bit. Oh. Um, but of course, it's different. Guys don't have to work the entire year anymore, so they can have the all season to party with guys and come out and stuff like that. It's a different world, but I've adjusted to it, and I somewhat like it still. I do like it a lot. Let me stop lying. I love this. Yeah, you see, you see starters enter the portal, and you think, why are they doing that? Well, they're entering the portal to see what kind of better offer How they get from another team. Get, yeah, absolutely. Agency. Every year in college football is now free agency. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, at yeah. the end of every no. season, it's every free agency. cycle almost yeah. now. I mean, from the opening of the transfer portal in December to the one in January, and then there'll be another one in April. Then you got to make it through the summer right. with that same team because a deal can come up and you're just like, it's better over here. It's might not be a better team, but it's a better bag. And it's not yeah. only just the starters, the backups are getting these deals too. Don't get me started. I know. It's unbelievable. Get started. Uh, we got to take Ramon. a break. Right, Always good to see Chance, you, my friend. Absolutely. Ramon man. Foster, the former Steeler guard. He's now in Nashville, 104.5 the zone. And we're going to take a break. Star. The <laughs> We are going to come back with our second hour right after this. Jerry Dulac, Max Starks, and Dale Lawley. We're at the NFL Combine 2024 in Indianapolis. You're listening to Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steeler Nation Radio. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.